Hey there, Jess Umquist, and thanks for joining me on Smarter. Do you think that you've got hiring challenges? Wait till you hear how today's guest is using technology to meet aggressive staffing goals and develop people within the company. I'm talking about my good friend, John Brennan, who's the Senior Vice President of Human Capital at Lifetime. Now, John oversees talent acquisition and team member engagement for 160 luxury brand athletic country clubs throughout North America. Lifetime is in hyper growth mode right now, and they plan to open about 12 clubs a year for the next five years, which means not only finding enough talent to staff each club, but the right talent at the right place at the right time every time. That is much easier said than done. Take it from me because I know working at Lifetime as a partner of John's for many years. So picture this. Lifetime has about 32,000 team members for most of the year. But the headcount can grow to as many as 40,000 in those busy summer months when outdoor pools, bistros, summer camps open for business. They'll bring on as many as 8,500 people in critical May through September timeframes. And we're not just talking about any hires. This is a very specific group of people, lifeguards and kids camp instructors who have to be licensed and certified and trained to exacting standards. So variety, high quality, and high quantity. So how does Lifetime consistently hit those numbers without cutting corners, all during a period of tremendous expansion? Well, you're going to find out in just a second. I sat down with John to get the inside scoop. I sure hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I'll see you at the conclusion of my interview with a couple of big picture takeaways that I think all of us will use. Welcome to Smarter where I engage with top experts and senior leaders to uncover the trends, unlock the insights, and listen for the new ideas we all want to learn. Engage in vital parts of business around talent, culture, leadership, and technology. I'm Jess Umquist, your partner and guide, and this is my podcast. Join me and let's get smarter together. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing well, Jess. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Good to see you again. And I'm really excited to talk about Lifetime because we've got an amazing story to tell there. Um, and really excited to talk about how technology and the Phenom platform is supporting Lifetime in this rapid growth. But before we get there, full disclosure, right, because <laughs> we have all these people that are listening, is that you and I have huge history together. We worked together for almost 20 years. Yeah. Uh, hand in hand, really, uh, helping build the human capital and the culture of Lifetime with a lot of amazing people. Uh, so full disclosure, you and I uh, know each other really well. And I know that Lifetime story because I was at Lifetime for a lot of years. That's right. Um, but uh, now I'm at Phenom. But to be able to actually still be a partner with you and then be able to tell that story, which I still love, um, is pretty awesome. So why don't we start with kind of your journey at Lifetime professionally and kind of where you're at today, that'll contextualize how we talk about this amazing growth story that's happening with Lifetime uh, right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Not, not that I'm saying that we're old, but we both started with Lifetime last century. So, <laughs> yes, that's know, true. I started, that's true. I started in 1998. And when I came to Lifetime, I started in the clubs. So I worked in our clubs, um, actually five different locations. Um, in sales, all the way through general management. And then in the early 2000s, that's when I came to Lifetime University. And for just over a decade, I worked on the education side. And you know, I think it was right around 2004, that's where you and I, 
it wasn't as if we were just peers at Lifetime. We were actually, I reported into you. Yeah. So we worked really closely. And then beyond the education, that's where I had the opportunity to be able to take on some talent acquisition, talent management. And as of today, I'm the senior vice president of human capital. Yeah. I think that's an amazing trajectory. And it also reflects one of those commitments that Lifetime has is that we invite people in to Lifetime and really invite them into a career. And you've certainly seen, seen that be the case for you. And I think that's kind of poetic because being in charge of not only the front end of acquisition, but also that, that employee experience or team member experience at Lifetime after they've been hired is maybe even more important for Lifetime uh, than, uh, than even the candidate experience. And so to have those things bookended are really important, I think, with one person that can help the organization kind of think holistically about that. Yeah, and in fact, over the last probably six years or so, we put a ton of effort into what we call the team member journey. And with the team member journey, there's five different points on it. One, you start as a candidate, and obviously the experience as a candidate really determines how motivated that you are to wanna work or be part of that team. Then there's the onboarding, and after onboarding, then it's almost a circle within a circle of the team member journey. We wanna make sure that our team members are continually aligned with what they need to do. We talk about their performance, both good and bad, and then that always leads into career and development conversations. And if you have those career and development conversations and opportunities that exist in a growing company, you go right back to the top of that journey as a candidate, but the good news is you're a candidate for our organization again. You're not a candidate in the external market. So yeah. it really comes together very, very well. So that's where when we look at talent acquisition and team member engagement, they're not two different entities. They really come together very, very nicely. Yeah, they're almost the inhale and exhale of a breath, right? Yeah. They're, they're one in the same thing, but doing something very different. Um, and I think it's really important too, because the continuity at Lifetime is really important. We know that that cultural experience. Like when someone walks into a lifetime, no matter where, we want it to feel and be and be served like a lifetime. So talk about the growth. Where, where does lifetime sit today as far as number of really healthy way of life destinations, right? Yeah. And um, tell, tell us a little bit about the, si the size and, and scope of the organization today, because that's really part of the main theme of our conversation is growth. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll take a little bit of a step back and you know this very, very well. We've struggled for years to get the general public to understand who Lifetime really is. And if you wanna make somebody in our company cringe, just call us a gym. Yeah, exactly. And we've tried for years, we're not a gym, we're not a gym. And you look at it, there are very, very few businesses or industries that we can compare ourselves to. You know, even when I take a look at turnover stats or other statistics with the U.S. Bureau of Labor, you can find retail, you can find entertainment, but you, you can't find what we are. And the way that we've tried to position ourselves now is we're like an athletic country club. Yeah. That's what we are. And we've grown to the point where we have over 160 locations. Um, we'll open in the neighborhood of 12 per year. And that'll be the growth that we'll try and sustain then for at least the next five years and then see where we're at at that point. Amazing. And so with that then, what's the team member population today then? Yeah, so we're at 32,000 team members and that number will fluctuate between 32,000 up to 40,000 just based on the time of year. You know, when you take a look at our athletic country clubs, specifically in the summer months, depending on what part of the country that you yeah, might exactly. be in or Canada, um, when you look at outdoor pools, 
bistros, summer camps, we'll bring on upwards of 8,500 seasonal team members for that May until September timeframe. So right now we sit at about 32,000 since we're off season with yeah. that. So, and then the last piece around kind of framing up the complexity. So our listener really starts to understand what's going on. We're talking about almost 9,000 seasonal people that you're hiring, but the variety and the expectation of the quality is still really high. So we're talking about high quantity, high quality, and many of these people have to be licensed or certified by a state or yeah. a local government. Life, life, uh, they have to be lifeguard certified, something like that. So we're not just talking about anyone. This is a very, very specific group of people that you're yeah. looking to hire. Talk about the variety of hires at one of those, you know, kind of athletic uh, country clubs. Yeah. So within one, within one of our destinations, you can have upwards of 10 different departments. And while there's similarities with how businesses run in each of those departments, there's things that make each one incredibly unique. So for example, with personal training, we'll have upwards of 40 full-time professional personal trainers that all need ongoing certifications. Certifications are also required in our life spas, but a certification for a stylist, a massage therapist, is far different than what our personal trainers go through. You go to another part with aquatics and everybody obviously needs to be lifeguard certified. So our businesses are incredibly similar, but really different, especially when we start to look at the makeup of the team members that populate each one of those. Yeah. Medical certifications, uh, lifeguard certifications, personal training certifications, yep. and hiring at a volume uh, to be able to keep up with this amazing growth. So recent history with Lifetime then, Lifetime went public uh, last October. Yep. Um, and uh, we've seen this kind of trajectory. Congratulations, you just opened up, I think your seventh New York Manhattan location right. um, in Midtown. And uh, that's just one in many. So this year in calendar year 2023, what's the goal as far as number of clubs? Yeah, so once again, we'll open up probably 12 clubs this year, which will bring us right into the neighborhood of 175. Yeah, And it's interesting because some of our markets are incredibly mature. Minnesota, we've been there since 1992. Everybody knows, and in fact, almost everybody at one point or another was probably a member yeah, of Lifetime. Has been a member, that's right. And while we just opened up our seventh one in New York City, um, it's amazing how the brand awareness, people know who we are, but they really don't know us like they do in either Minnesota or the Dallas-Fort Worth area, some of the areas that we've been around for many years. Yeah. So there's still opportunity from a growth perspective of, I mean, I think we plotted out at least another 300 locations in the United States that we could go in and hit a home run with. That's great. So let's then start to talk about that, that team member journey that you just talked about, those five dimensions. And let, let's, let's focus in on that front end. You know, there's some um, big pushes, like not only is Lifetime hiring at volume, but there are waves of expectation around the summer season um, or a grand open. Like you can build a building, but if you don't have people to staff that building, <laughs> the members won't have the experience. So let's talk about how you utilize the technology, even Phenom's platform. How do you utilize technology, partner that with your internal talent acquisition and your 1500 hiring leaders across, you know, kind of lifetime nation. Yeah. Um, and how do you keep that organized and ultimately keep the uh, cultural experience whole. Talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so it's interesting because there's a couple different variables or dynamics with this. If you take a look at a new club, um, we'll staff up e, you know, anywhere from 150 to it could be 400 team members, just depending on the size of the location. And I don't wanna say that that's a one and done, but you really, you have a massive ramp for when the doors are first gonna open. On an ongoing basis then, we do have that high volume when it comes to the seasonal hires, but even outside of that, we have upwards of 65% part-time team members. And we've really tried to lower that and increase the full-time. It's been a struggle to be able to do that. So just based on that, our turnover, we actually feel really comfortable with where it's at. It could always get better, don't get me wrong, but because of the turnover, which is in the mid 50% each year. Which is amazing for a retail, hospitality, yeah. part-time uh, team member. Yeah, and, and again, when you take a look at some statistics that are out there, you'll see the norm is anywhere from 75 to 100% for that retail and entertainment yeah. or hospitality industry. So just based on that, that's where we're talking about 20,000 plus team members that we need to hire each year. At the same time, not every team member is exactly the same. So trying to find a chiropractor is far different than trying to find somebody that would be a lifeguard in our pool area. Yeah. So when we look at this, we have about 1,500 department leaders who essentially are our hiring managers. It's a very decentralized model. And what we focus on with the leaders, first of all, they need to own their casting. They need to understand exactly what it is that they're looking for, but at the same time, what are the things that we at the corporate office can do so that they don't have to think about the things that aren't absolutely necessary. Right. Well, I take it back. They're necessary, but it's not necessary for our leaders to be able to do it because they've got thousands of members coming in every day that they need to serve. So for our leaders, we want them to truly understand casting and to be able, able to have a few levers that they can pull themselves from a candidate generation standpoint. But the large part of their focus should be on once the candidates are there, how do I deliver an incredible experience in the interview process to really entice somebody to want to be part of our team? So what we then do from our corporate talent acquisition perspective, let's make sure that we've partnered or we're leveraging the right technologies so that when candidates have that aha moment of lifetime is the place, they have nothing but an incredibly efficient and quality experience that takes them through the interview process. Yeah, because to get the volume, 28,000 <clears> um, hires, the volume that has to come through to be able to actually hire the person that fits the culture and the role, um, that's, that's pretty significant. And when I think about it, I think one of the things that you're really proud of is the career site that's powered by Phenom, but it's really powered by the brand inside of the tool. Right. And that's what you're talking about is that front end funnel that no matter when someone's looking for an opportunity with Lifetime, they're going to get that great experience uh, on the front end because people are going to get that personalized journey of saying, hey, Lifetime could be a good fit for you and let us take you through that process to be able to get there. Yeah. And then that helps you funnel through to those 1,500 hiring leaders where they have Confidence and maybe talk a little bit about that like the brand itself sitting on the platform and the confidence that your leaders have that when someone comes through that personalized automated process They know they can rely on that person when they schedule an interview Yeah, and it's something too that um, I have to keep checking myself to make sure that I'm just not in a it, Call it an advantageous position, but I've tried to be really careful over the last couple of years and a lot of the people on our team have of it's not just a speed to hire or a race to hire because there's companies out there that we, I think we've all heard of them. They're just, 
without an interview, they're hiring people. Yeah. It's how fast can I get somebody in the seat? And we've talked about this for years. You know, we want to say no until we can say yes. Well, part of the reason we have the benefit of doing that is last year alone, we had over 350,000 candidates that applied for a position. Amazing. Well, when you have 350,000 candidates for 28,000 positions, you can be a little pickier than some other companies might be. So we look at it as it's less about a race to hire as much as, or it's much more about a race to engage. How do we engage that, that candidate very quickly? And do we give them the right experience? How can we make that even better? So when I take a look at just the advancements of our career site from a look, a feel, just the content, we've really been able to grow by leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. And then even you know, some things that people almost just say, they've been around forever, like chatbot. I mean, we had over 100,000 100, interactions last year that led to 20,000 applications. Well, that was something that we never used four years ago, but it's something now if you don't have it, candidates almost feel like something's missing right, right here. So yeah. it's been a great way that again, our hiring managers, our leaders out there, they don't have to worry about that. All of this is done behind the curtain and it does nothing but brings more quality candidates forward that they then can pick, uh, pick up the ball and run with. So John, I, I think that's, that's really kind of the element. It's almost like you're talking about this very complex thing that it's become so day-to-day -day at lifetime because of the hard work of, that, of your team um, of taking technology and partnering it with people, even in a distributed model of 1,500 uh, hiring leaders. Um, but technology adoption sometimes is very difficult for organizations. They can, they can have all the dreams they want of being able to have this great uh, a brand, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about the employment brand at Lifetime. They can have this dream about, we've built this employment brand, we have this new platform, yet the platform sits kind of unused because it's hard for people to adopt. It feels like it's just hand in glove at Lifetime. Talk a little bit about that experience. Uh, is that a fair statement? And what was it like to get there? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a very fair statement. And when I look at the technology, truly, truly getting into the weeds of technology, um, you want to have as few people as possible, but as many as necessary yeah. that really are working under the hood right there. And again, our department leaders, they've got enough on their plate. They've got members to serve every day. They've got team members that they need to take care of, current team members. And then they also have to think about, oh my gosh, I've got casting needs that I need to be able to fill. Well, the less that they have to worry about the technology, if all of that is already set up for them, they basically just hit the, hit the button of, this is what I need everything is taken care of, and then they just have to receive the candidates. And I don't wanna say just receive the candidates, they've got an incredible responsibility of delivering a great experience, but the less that they have to think of the technology, the better. So our team, and it's taken a few years to really get a true understanding of what are the things that we need to prioritize. If you look at our career site, we've got about seven or eight different pages, and there's a lot of content on each page, we can't fix it all at one time. We can't go through an overhaul and just shut the site down. So being able to prioritize and then get in almost like a, a maintenance schedule of what are the things that we need to continually look at? What are the small improvements that we can make each month that lead to some really large improvements each quarter or each year 
That's really been the biggest challenge for our team so that our field leaders, really our hiring managers, they don't even have to think about it. They just know there's a great experience that the candidates are going through on the front end. Yeah. So talk, talk about then um, this idea of an employment brand and, um, and the importance of that storyline, because with 350,000 people being attracted to Lifetime to even look at an opportunity, 100,000 plus people through the chatbot that led to all sorts of different applications at multiple clubs, that doesn't just happen, that's on purpose. Talk a little bit about how your team thinks about the employment brand and how you maintenance that. Yeah, the, the employment brand, you could look at it and say, you know, how pretty is your website? You know, how do things look? Even what are some of the taglines? Are they cute? Are they really, you know, is there enough appeal that someone's like, that's where I want to go? I, I think there's a little bit to that, but the reality is if you don't take care of your existing team member base, your team member brand, the true colors are going to come out in a matter of time. Um, especially in this day and age, if somebody has a good experience, someone has a bad experience, thousands of people will, will yeah, know about, gonna it hear about it in no time yeah, at exactly. all. So that's where, uh, while we've got a, a group of people that are responsible for the team member brand from a career site perspective, we've got 1,500 leaders that understand their role is providing the right experience from that team member journey. So those team members that aren't candidates anymore, they're already part of the team. The experience that they have go a long way in determining how many people that they're going to refer to us or even just how they speak about lifetime. In fact, one of the other things too that I think is always the mark of we've done a pretty good job is when we start to see more and more members apply for positions yeah. at lifetime. And the short-term thinking is, oh, if they become a team member, we lose the revenue of their membership. But the reality is it's a great sign that the place that they come to enjoy is now a place that they'd like to come to even more and it would be a place of employment for them. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, it's really interesting too because when we think about um, the, the employment brand, we think about the platform that it sits on where people are getting that first impression so that they can actually end up with an interview. Um, have you found that having that centralized place, you have more control over that first initial introduction into the brand um, so that people have the right frame. So that once they're in the interview, they already have an impression of what it's supposed to be like. So they can pressure test each location. They can pressure test an interview and say, yeah, that was like my first initial experience on the career site through the chat bot and through the other uh, pieces. But you have a lot of control over that message. Yeah, and, and that's actually what we've really been able to leverage Phenom for for the last couple of years is building up more of those testimonials on our career site. And that's video too, right? You're yes. using a lot of video. Yeah, and we'll, we'll use a combination. There might be some text, there might be some videos that go, come along with it. Obviously the videos are more appealing with it and it's also a little bit more upkeep with it. But at the same time, it's a great way for a candidate to at least get a feel for how things could be and decide, is this really a place that I want to apply or I'm more excited than what I initially thought I was gonna be after the career site visit. Yeah. And I know earlier you said, you know, um, maybe Lifetime isn't considered a fast growth because there are organizations that grow faster. Being a guy who was internal, um, it feels like Lifetime is a fast <laughs> growth. And I think when people hear 12 new clubs a year, you know, the framework of that is we're talking about 12 new buildings typically, um, or, uh, and then 120, 150,000 square feet. You're talking yeah. about nine to 11 different departments. And you're talking about how many people are you hiring for a grand open? 
Like so, the club's empty, it's built, all the equipment's inside, everything's ready. How many people are you hiring yeah. in what time frame? So up until probably four years ago, almost all of the clubs that we opened were our standard footprint. And they would have upwards of 400 team members. And we would try and bring those on board over about a 10 week period. So it really was a race to fill, you don't wanna just fill 400 seats, you wanna fill 400 seats with 400 incredible performers. That's right, yeah. So that's a big difference right there. So it's high volume, but it's really high quality with the high volume. The other thing- And that, speed, right? Yes. Quantity, quality, speed. Yeah, and <clears throat> I know that construction at most companies probably always goes so smoothly, all deadlines <laughs> are hit. No, joking aside, I mean, we would have construction delays. And so the timing of it is really important because when somebody accepts a job, there's an expectation that I'm going to start collecting a paycheck by X. That's right. Well, if we ever have delays, now you've got 400 moving parts that you need to coordinate to make sure that people are trained, they're certified, but they also have a true expectation of, here's exactly when I'm going to start. So there's some complexities that obviously go along with that. Now in the recent years, especially um, Manhattan is a great example. We don't have the acreage in Manhattan that we're gonna purchase to put up a 150,000 square foot facility. Right. So some of the new locations are smaller. They're more true performer based where we're talking about personal trainers or our group fitness instructors, the traditional studios. So we might have 150 to 200 team members versus the 400 that we used to hire before. Now you add that up and still over the course of a year, we're talking about 2,000 to 4,000 new team members just at our new clubs. Right. That doesn't take the existing clubs that need to backfill positions. Yeah, I and I think that's the framework <clears throat> that I think our listener needs to hear because when we're talking about 12 of those clubs during a given year, and sometimes they are close together, they don't open one a month, they sometimes are two in a few weeks. Right. Um, as we've talked before about that, um, I think it's important because uh, the, the specificity of this is a new building or a rebuild inside of Manhattan, you know, you're remodeling something, but you're not just taking current team members of Lifetime. You're literally hiring brand new people and then seeding that with some of our journeymen, veteran, great team members yeah. that bring the culture in. But it's that new that I think people that really start to do the math on 12 new clubs, 200 to 400 people per club, but they're brand new people that you have to bring in and that's year over year over year. That I think is the fast growth and I think the magic story of what Lifetime does. Um, and I think that's the pressure cooker that you and your team and human capital are under to make sure that you can perform at that level. Yeah, well, and, and the other thing is this, every new team member is really important, don't get me wrong. But when we open up a new location, well, even in our existing locations, we love to find incredible talent around the area. Well, the incredible talent, more often than not, they're not looking for another opportunity. Yeah, they're passive candidates. Yes, they're open to something, but they're not aggressively looking for something. So if that's somebody that you go out and make contact with, and they start to do their research, they're gonna be a little bit more picky than somebody else that doesn't have a job right now and is just looking for a paycheck. Well, you talk about the team member brand, both from word of mouth, but especially from a technology perspective, when these people go to our career site, they're going to be even pickier than the general yep. public is. That's right. So that's where it's even more critical that the experiences that they have while they're happily employed somewhere else blows their mind away. 
between the technology or the experiences on our career site and the word of mouth from our current team members or former team members, that really goes a long way in determining whether somebody is willing to put aside a place that they're happily employed at and take a chance with lifetime. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. So when we think about kind of the obstacles, you know, some of the obstacles are speed, right? Uh, the accuracy of being able to hire people at a right time, right place to be able to open a club. Um, uh, invading people that are passively maybe looking, but not really looking. So invading their, uh, their world and getting their attention. Those are some, what are the other obstacles that you've had to overcome and you're currently with your team looking to overcome using technology and your team to be able to actually make sure that you can make those hires and you can do that uh, appropriately? Well, we, we've talked about the team member brand and the team member brand is really built up over the years and you can't hide what your team member brand is. Eventually the truth is gonna come out, whether good or bad. The second thing is the technology. So when people start the process, how easy is it for them? And again, it's not a race to hire, but it to me is a race to engage and how do you properly engage them? But then the third part, there's the human component. And again, with 1,500 hiring managers around our company in the United States and in Canada, um, there's some variables right there. So to make sure that they have the right tools so that they have some guides along the way, but it also allows them to have their personality come out. Because these team members, I'm sorry, these candidates, especially if they're happily employed somewhere else, they're going to be critiquing the person that they might be reporting into more so than somebody else. So that's the third part. It's really that human element that really it's, it's tough to control 100%, but the more tools that you can provide them to make life easier, it allows them to think less about what am I supposed to do and more about just the true interaction with the candidates that they have. Well, it certainly seems to me as we kind of start to wrap up is certainly seems to me that one of the adages that fits lifetime is you got to keep the end in mind. And it feels like you've been so intentional about the candidate experience that that candidate journey through to employment, um, it's almost like because we're so selective with who we hire, it almost continues to keep the flywheel moving because if you're hiring a wrong or a poor performer, it really is hard to keep, keep that brand and keep that life experience of an employee alive inside the organization. So, it, you know, it's a chicken and egg. We talked about that a little earlier. Talk a little bit about the importance of that and the focus for your team. And then uh, we'll kind of summarize kind of where we're at and how, how we're kind of looking at this thing. Yeah, you know, you talked about this years ago and it was always that warning, don't hire hungry. You know, the worst time to go grocery shopping is when you're hungry. That's right. Same thing when you're, a, when you're a, a, a casting or a hiring manager, one of the worst times for you to start the interview process is when you're desperate and you have open shifts that if you can't find someone, you yourself, you're actually having to fill. So it's one of these things too that from a hiring manager perspective, how do you make sure that they have the, the right frame of mind to always be casting. Yeah. How am I always looking for that best person, especially when I'm fully staffed? The other thing from a checks and balance perspective, I can't say that this happens all the time, but if I'm a hiring manager and I bring the wrong person on the team, I certainly would hope the other team members would let me know. I would hope that we would have an open enough communication or open communication lines that somebody would come back and say, hold on, John, you just put added stress on me because you have somebody that really they're not up to par with everyone else. Yeah. Now, again, that might be my utopia. I can't say that it happens all the time, 
But when you look at it, those short-term decisions, it impacts your, your, your team member brand long-term, but there's enough warning signs along the way that if you don't correct it, pretty soon that's when things can start to unravel. Yeah, so I love that human element. And then underneath it is this platform, because it seems to me that you've continued on with the idea that data drives that, right? Accountability, because you can look at staffing numbers, you can look at time to hire, you can look at even turnover numbers. And I think part of it is, is that the Phenom platform, it sits with Workday at Lifetime, right? Yep. And there's that integration. But how important is data for you centrally to be able to work with operators and your key partners in the senior executive level to be able to give them sightline to the power of this incredible process and system that you're leading and managing every day? Yeah, the, the, the data is absolutely critical. And what I'll say is not, not that I'm trying to be protective or I want to hide anything. I just want to make sure that a very, very select group of people have access to the data. Because again, our 1,500 hiring managers around our company, if you start to give them all these data points, they don't necessarily know what to do with it. Yeah. And they're very competent, very competent leaders, but they, they're, they're gonna be looking at something and they're gonna try and have it tell the story that they want it to tell. We use the data to then be able to determine how can we make things more efficient, either for the candidate or for our hiring managers so, they, so that they have to think less about technology and just more about the true actual engagement with a person. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. And I think the data can tell the story, can keep people accountable, but also can give them a bit of a rating card on, uh, boy, there are people that are doing it more effectively than me. How are they doing it and what can they do? Yeah, one of the, one of the other things too with data that we haven't started to do much with, although we're pretty close to it, is just capturing more of the, the feedback from the candidate at various stages in the process. We've gathered feedback, but it's been more at the end. And we just understand there's enough points in the process that you could slice that further to be able to make more educated decisions on what parts of technology do we want to tweak? Maybe what do we want to double down on moving forward? Yeah, I think that's great. So summarizing, Lifetime is on this trajectory of growth. 12 clubs planned kind of year over year for the next half a decade, it sounds yep. like for sure. Um, there's really no sign of it stopping. I, and I do think that preventative health, that positive energy, and I think that master brand has done such an amazing job of really taking root in the marketplaces that Lifetime commits to. And so it's a really amazing story. And to be a part of something like I had that opportunity, and then you still have the opportunity of being a part of something so amazing and positive for the communities that you serve, um, bringing people into that from a career standpoint <laughs> has got to be uh, just a really special thing for you and your team. Yeah, and you know, you, you go way back to when we started with Lifetime, you know, we were talking about single digit, single digit locations and probably 1500 team members. So to be able to grow to this point, it's been really it's been really exciting, but what what really is such a motivator too is just the purpose of the organization. That's right. You know, and again, we've tried to really break from that stereotype of, oh, you're a gym, which, you know, kind of has this dingy, dark, you know, almost kind of stinky feel to it. Right. No, no, no. We, we're trying to impact people's lives, not just within the four walls of Lifetime. We're just trying to impact people's overall lives. How do we make them better? Um, I just, I 
can't think of a better purpose for, yeah. uh, for a company to have. Physical locations, the virtual, all the virtual yeah. tools. I still use a lot of the virtual tools, <laughs> which has been uh, fantastic. Well, John, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, it's been awesome to partner with you even on this side of it with Phenom. Uh, but it's exciting to see the continued growth story at Lifetime. And I wish you and your team and the entire organization uh, well and have a great uh, 2023. Thank you, Jess. I yeah, appreciate thank you it very yeah. much. That was an informative conversation with John. I mean, I think about 350,000 applicants for 30,000 positions. Talk about a luxury brand destination for talent. But I also know that with that type of volume, there are a few takeaways I think that we can all apply to our work, no matter what industry we're in. And the first one is the importance of coupling technology with internal talent acquisition. What we know is quality and quantity are critical for us to be able to make great hiring choices, but being able to actually do that with speed and accuracy, personalizing the experience and making sure that your recruiters and hiring leaders are in a good spot is really important. So technology and great talent acquisition team is a really important part of what we're doing. We also heard that compared to industry norms, lifetimes turnover, although they have a high percentage rate of, of part-time people, is low. And that indicates that they're doing a great job with their team member engagement, but more than that, probably hiring right from the beginning. So that's a really important thing to think about as well. Hiring right at the beginning gives you an opportunity to really leverage your internal mobility long-term. Leveraging technology so when candidates have that aha moment was also a big thing that we heard from John. Making sure that you're ready to have the conversation when they're ready to have a conversation is really important. And that's empowered by obviously Lifetime's very much branded career experience on their career site. But it's also coupled with the confidence that the 1,500 hiring leaders have that they're going to be able to get through talent quickly and be able to make a great hiring decision. So it's not just about speed, it's about accuracy and making sure that when people know that they've had an experience at Lifetime, it's one of the best hiring experiences that they can have. The final one was the solution of the chatbot. I mean, think about it. Lifetime had over 100,000 interactions last year that resulted in 20,000 applicants. And think about Lifetime wasn't even on the chatbot four years ago. So if you're not using a chatbot, you might want to start thinking about turning one on. And Phenom has an incredibly integrated chatbot, and it works really well for Lifetime. I think it could work well for you. But I really want to thank John for coming and spending some time sharing some of his best practice with Lifetime. Thank you for tuning in to Smarter, and we'll see you next time.